We're back with episode 6 of the Mosin at Large podcast and this week Apple is unleashing bugs that sighted people simply would not put up with in iOS 13. Amazon's on fire with their big announcements and why do we disrespect Louis Braille by not capitalizing Braille in all cases? You can be in touch. Jonathan at MushroomFM.com is the email address. If you'd like to send an email along or attach an audio clip, you can also call the listener line. That number is 864-60-MOSIN in the United States. 864-606-6736. Hi, Jonathan. This is Jim East calling from sunny Gainesville, Florida. Uh, Jim East in sunny Gainesville, Florida. So um, is it East Florida? I guess it's East Florida because Jim lives there. Florida Gators. Any of you out there into college ball and sports and such? Oh, yes. Anyway, enough about that. Yeah, enough Uh, about that. Yep. I have followed you for years off and on and actually got to meet you once at an ACB conference in Jacksonville. But unfortunately, we didn't get to talk long because you were in an in-depth conversation with someone else. Oh, I'm sorry. Take away from that. (laughs) But it was great to put a person with the voice. Um, I'm totally blind. So Um, anyway wanted to offer something. I don't know if you've done any uh, programs in the past about bone conduction headphones. Speaking of authors, uh, Dan Brown did a great book, uh, and during the book, I think it was his last one, he talked about a character that got guided through a museum on a self-guided tour with bone conduction headphones. The ones I'm particularly interested in that a friend of mine turned me over to when I was at a conference uh, are the Tur code, that's T is in Tom, R-C-O-D-E, Tur code, uh, wireless Bluetooth condu- uh, bone conduction headphones. They're available through Amazon. Um, they may be available other places, but that's where I was referred for them. And they were $39.99 uh, US. Uh, so you'd have to do the conversion wherever in the world you are. Um, I really like them. Um, I was actually able to borrow a set and for the first time use them to read, do a reading in front of a conference this summer. Um, and so I was really excited about that. Uh, it works very well. You just place them slightly ahead of your ears. Uh, you can either wear them over your head because they are connected. They're not, uh, totally loose. They are connected by a, a very light band. Uh, or you can put them in front of your ears. They have a loop that'll go over your ear flap and such. The other thing that I was concerned about is, you know, I'm uh, concerned about, I've been using uh, noise canceling headphones and I thought, well, you know, with these, it's great for open ear. Uh, for those of us like me that like to use GPS and walk with our guide dogs. However, uh, if you, they also come with a set of earplugs where if you put earplugs in, uh, if you're someplace safe to do that, um, they work as well as noise-canceling headphones. I was shocked. No, you don't have the, the bump and bass that you might want. Uh, for some things, some music may not be uh, stellar, um, but I think for a reasonably priced set of headphones and uh, having bone conduction so you have open ears so you can hear everything going on around you, um, it's, it's, they're a pretty nice set. Hopefully I wasn't too lengthy. Hope you have everyone a great day. And Jonathan, thank you for all you do. You definitely deserve that award. Oh, uh, thank you. Honestly, I think you deserve an international award. 
because the work you do affects all of us all over the world. Uh, I've been following you, gosh, I guess now on 20 years or so, and I just thank you for the great work you do. And uh, it's very personal. It's not dry or formal. Uh, it's it's kind of like, you know, you know us that are intuitive to our, our needs as people that are blind or visually impaired. So congratulations for that. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much, Jim. That's incredibly generous of you and nice to hear from you. And there you go, bone conduction headphones. I must admit that this is something I have not played with, the bone conduction headphone technology. And I really should, or at least jump on one of those groups for people with the same congenital condition as me and find out if they actually work. Because bone conduction headphones can be a real plus for people with certain types of hearing impairment but as i understand it it depends on the hearing impairment so what i've been doing over the last few years is just having audio piped directly into the hearing aids whether that be through a cable or the made for iphone technology in more recent times and of course that does have its advantages because there's nothing extra to carry around you can just balance the audio between your environmental sounds and what you might need to hear say from a gps app or whatever it might be when you're traveling but a lot of people like these bone conduction headphones and for those who don't have any hearing impairment and don't wear hearing aids the idea of keeping your ears free so you're fully aware of environmental clues is important some people are using other techniques to fulfill this objective aren't they including these little wristband speaker bands now i've got that catchy paul simon wristband song in my head in my head you gotta have a wristband yeah my man but anyway thank you for spelling out the product name and everything jim hopefully people will check that out if they are interested in the bone conduction headphones i'd also be interested in just finding out from those who are using bone conduction headphones how you're getting on with them. Aftershocks seems to be the brand to beat, doesn't it? Every time bone conduction stuff comes up, it seems like Aftershocks is the one that people talk about, and there are all sorts of Aftershocks models, some with varying degrees of comfort, I understand, depending on how much you want to spend, and I think some are wired and some are Bluetooth. All sort of malarkey, so it'll be interesting to hear how people are getting on with the aftershocks and similar bluetooth headsets jonathan mosen mosen at large podcast hi jonathan oh. this is herbie calling from houston i first of all houston. want to say that i really enjoy your mosen at large podcast thank you keep up the good work i wanted to talk about my experience updating the iphone like you i actually went from a 10s max to the 11 pro max but oh how decadent. i actually did the phone to phone transfer and i thought it was very easy in fact even easier than i thought it would be i'm totally blind yet i had no problems pointing the camera on the new phone to the right spot on the screen on the old phone i think i did have to move it around a little bit for it to be completely happy but i only had to do that kind of alignment once and i just made sure that the screen brightness was on on the old phone so the um, new phone camera could see it and then after that it was pretty seamless it asked me a few questions i still had to verify a couple of account things with my uh, cell phone provider and you know it took about oh 40 minutes to transfer stuff but um then again i'm using half the storage on my old phone so 
We're talking about transferring like 100 and some gigs of data between two phones. So I think 40 and 50 minutes is pretty reasonable. Absolutely you know, right, means, Jonathan. They, they said to keep the phones by each other, but they didn't have to be like right next to each other. There could be some distance and there was no problems. I got, you know, audible rates of transfer. The only problem I actually did run into, and I don't know if I would have ran into this or not with an iCloud or iTunes um, backup, is that one app thought I was still using my old phone and wasn't displaying some content. So I had to reinstall it for it to uh, work properly. Um, this is a music app called Tidal, and it was having some issues Ooh, yes, with got the my, lossless um, going on. tracks lossless. and stuff that I had added. So I had to re-download the app, and after I did that, then it worked fine, but uh, so far. And the other thing that I was really happy about, though, was that some of the stuff that it did transfer over was all my passwords um the one exception that i've run into so far now this has only been about less than a day since i got the phone so more could uh, crop up youtube was the only app so far i've run into that i actually had to re-log into which um is my i'd say that was pretty good so that was my experience oh and the other thing is i did actually have the uh, beta one on my iphone 10 and that didn't throw a fit with the phone. It told me, you know, it asked me if I wanted to do a software update to 13.1 because I guess it had 13.0. I did, and it's worked well. And I notice, I, I think I do agree with you on, you know, the new phone, how it sounds a little bit better bass and um, definitely more of a sharper sound so i i you know there's minimal improvement but you know it's good for an iphone and much better than how they used to sound with those uh mono speakers by you know all means oh yes thank you that was a that was an abrupt end that was a very interesting report thank you so much for that because what it suggests is that transferring the content that way is equivalent to restoring from an iTunes encrypted backup, which is superior to restoring from an iCloud backup, specifically in the sense that your passwords are transferred across. So if that phone-to-phone -phone thing is doing that, then that is really good. That's great information to be aware of. And for those who haven't tried this method before, you can do it wirelessly. But if you have the uh, camera adapter kit, you could potentially cable your two phones together to get even faster speed and transfer lots of data across that way. So that is a really helpful report, and I really appreciate you sending it in. How is the iOS journey going for people? There is one particular bug that is hitting people really hard, and it reminds me of the good old days of iOS 9. Ah, those were the days, I tell you back in 2015, when some of us were affected by a very nasty bug and some people weren't. And of course, the people who weren't or, or people of a certain disposition were like, dude, dude. what are you worried about? Dude. Blind people whinging on all day long. You should be grateful. You should be grateful that you sacrificed a few things, you know, that you, 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 you saved, you handed Apple your money. You should just be thankful that Apple took your money. You know, they didn't have to take your money. 
It's good of them to take it off your hand. You should be thankful that Apple gave you this incredibly buggy experience. You should be thankful that when you're out there and there's a true safety issue, you can't rely on answering your phone or making calls on your phone or whatever. What the super... Oh, I'm sorry. That's very strong language. What the super... Are you complaining about? You blind people are just outrageous the way you complain all the time. Just be thankful. Be grateful. You know? Yeah. It's not as if Apple had to do all this. So that was iOS 9, you know, and, and the big one in iOS 9 that some of us had and some of us didn't was that for some, some of us, we, we couldn't answer a call at all. Can you imagine being dependent on your phone for your business or perhaps for safety reasons when you're traveling and the phone goes and because you're a voiceover user, you can't answer the phone. And that's certainly the predicament that I was in and quite a few people were in when iOS 9 came out. Now, do you think that Apple would have released that in that state if it affected sighted people? No, of course they wouldn't. Now, the iOS 13 equivalent is one that uh, some people have where, and it seems to relate to certain types of accessories, I believe. If you're experiencing this, I'm sure you can comment on it. But what seems to be happening for some people is that you make a call, and I don't know whether it is affected by how you initiate the call. I don't know whether Siri is the magic ingredient to make this work. I suspect it's quite a complicated bug and that several factors need to be true for it to be exhibited but when it happens what happens is that you make a call and you chat away not the dozen down the pub you know what i mean chat away and then you end the call and when you end the call your phone goes into the twilight zone yeah you lose everything you lose speech I believe you do have braille left so if you are fortunate and fortunate enough to have Braille connected, you can get yourself out of it. Toggling voiceover off and back on again does not seem to help. In fact, it could make things a bit worse if you accidentally toggled it off and didn't realize you hadn't toggled it back on again because it doesn't say voiceover on and come back and be all fine and dandy. It seems that's the most reliable way to get out is to hard reset the phone which on modern phones involves pressing the volume up, pressing the volume down fairly quickly in succession, and then holding down the power button for about 8 to 10 seconds so that the phone starts to reset. Now, that is a very serious bug. And being the kind of, I don't know, protective person that I am, and knowing that Bonnie doesn't live and breathe this technology like I tend to do, I've said to Bonnie, if I were you, and of course it's it's everyone's own personal decision, I wouldn't upgrade because the thought of Bonnie being out somewhere and making a call and then having the phone in this mode where she's lost speech and needs to go through that reset process, which if you don't do it on a regular basis, there's a knack to it, right? So you may, you might not get it right the first time. Uh, that That is not a trivial bug. I mean, there are things like notification focusing issues, which drive me batty, but they're not mission-critical safety bugs. They're just annoyances. But that one, that one, it it really disturbs me massively. That, okay, if they got that out in 13.0, something of that magnitude should have been fixed by 13.1, don't you think? I mean, seriously. Does anybody seriously think that when we as blind people pay the same amount as everybody else 
for this technology. And for many people, buying an iPhone is a big sacrifice. People give up a lot of stuff in some cases to get one of these things because they know the difference that it makes in their lives. And sometimes those of us on decent salaries forget what most of our community are experiencing. So it's a big, it's a big deal for people. And to have it do something as basic as lock up your speech just because you've made a phone call, which is a fundamental core function of the device, it's not acceptable. Sorry, I love iOS 13 in general. You know, I've been talking on the show about how much I like some of the new features and voice control is a game changer for me. Uh, they've done some great things with voiceover, but that I, I don't think that we have to either be on the I love Apple and they can never do a, a thing wrong camp or the I hate Apple and they suck a camp, right? Things are nuanced. So on that one, I think it's very unfortunate that that bug is still around. I have just upgraded to the 13.2 developer beta one notifications are largely fixed which is great because that one did drive me bonkers i accept it's a minor inconvenience and i think they might have actually fixed the other big one that i was just talking about i haven't had it happen to me since i've upgraded to 13.2 so fingers and everything crossed that that cycle will be short and normally i say to people unless you really like being on the cutting edge don't do the beta thing in this case I think an exception might be made when we are mid-cycle for a big release. In other words, when we're looking at not the .0 releases, but the .1 and the .2 releases, normally more gets fixed than broken. So if you are having this problem, or if you're holding back on iOS 13 because you've heard about this problem, you may want to consider uh, a 13.2 public beta when it's eventually goes live. I don't believe I've seen reference at the time this show's been put together that um, the 13.2 has gone into public beta yet. But if you're being stricken, stricken by this, it might be something you would want to investigate. Kao's in Hawaii. Aloha Kao. And she says that she had to take her phone off to the T-Mobile store and get everything sorted out there. They reset their settings and everything because of this bug. And that's the thing. If people aren't familiar with how to do the reset, it may necessitate that sort of a visit. So it's a biggie. Hey, Jonathan, it's Mike Fair. And this iOS transition, yeah, you know, it has th this bug. I've I experienced it, but not right away. It took a while before it really hit. Um, so it, it, there are... I've had calls happen where it doesn't initiate and freeze and everything. So it's not totally consistent. When it does happen, uh, and it doesn't seem to be uh, accessory uh, dependent as far as I can tell. I've had it happen when I'm just using the iPhone plane, you know, uh, and I've had it happen when I'm, I'm, where I'm using AirPods and EarPods as well. Um, the... The trick here, there's a couple of things. It, it, when you end the call, it, it uh, freezes up and it still works. Your iPhone will still kind of work for if you could see it. But of course, for us, uh, you know, there's no sound cues at all. Uh, and uh, it, it, uh, it seems to be obstinate in terms of coming back. Now, I have found that I can reliably 
get out of this by, uh, first of all, go into emergency SOS settings and disable call with side button. Uh, turn that off so that you don't accidentally trigger that when you're trying to uh, do the shortcut multiple times in quick succession. Okay, so that's step one. Uh, you can still, of course, get at the emergency SOS if you need it by holding down the uh, action button and the volume button uh, for about a second. You'll feel a bump and then a menu pops up with uh, with the emergency SOS and the shutdown. Um, so that should take care of your safety personally. Um, now for this, uh, getting a, uh, recovering the bug. See, what has happened is... When you triple-click the shortcut, uh, sometimes it takes multiple times. Usually in a situation like this, you, you triple-click it once, so three clicks, and then wait, and that would probably shut VoiceOver off. You do it again, and it would bring VoiceOver back fully functional. In this, with this bug, I found that occasionally, uh, more often than not, actually, you have to do it three times. So... Uh, do it once, the first, you know, th three clicks and then pause, three clicks again. And if that doesn't bring it back, do another three clicks. And the third time is pretty much always the charm. If you need to go that far, it will come back. Um, and then you'll have voiceover again, uh, working as normal, and you didn't have to reset your phone. Uh, that's That's been my experience. It's annoying uh, and I, it's I'm describing it in my guide now as as yet another example of of where cases where yes we are unfortunately more susceptible to these, uh, you know these things. Uh, and Apple won't stop the presses until they're fixed either. Um, so people can be caught out with this. Uh, so have your accessibility shortcuts set to VoiceOver. And remember that it might take three instances before it works and brings it back. I've never ever had an instance where I've been forced to reset my phone. It, the shortcut has always worked. It has just taken a few tries. Uh, and you wouldn't think it would. And of course, if you don't, the danger is if you don't disable the emergency SOS, then it might interpret it your attempts to quickly, you know, click th three times and then three times again as a five-click uh, instance of five quick clicks, and that's when you get into trouble because that's when the emergency SOS will activate uh, if you use the side button to do it. So disable that call with side button function in the emergency SOS settings, and then at least you'll be able to bring your phone back without alerting police or other resources. Thanks, Mike. And we have another suggestion on this topic and the suggestion is try playing something that is a music source or some sort of playback source. In other words, it could be an audible book. It could be a piece of music in the music app. It could be something from TuneIn. You could be listening to Mushroom FM, but have something playing and then make your call. And then when the call ends, your app that you were playing from will resume. And this, according to the contributor, will fix it as well so give that a try and let us know how you get on with that too let's go to some email now this one is from Denise Avant. Hello, Denise. That's, an, that's a kind of exotic name. She says, I am enjoying your podcast a great deal. It's wonderful to hear you again. Thank you. Thank you. And while I understand the reason why you don't have the time to write it, I miss the iOS without the i-series. 
By now, I probably would have purchased my copy and had it installed reading in Braille. Oh, good on you, Denise. You capitalize Braille like I believe it ought to be. Well done. Really annoys me when I read people referring to Braille and they don't capitalize it. Or listening to it on my phone. Well, thank you for that. As for the podcast, would you think of adding more to the show notes? For example, Robin Christofferson mentioned an iPhone case he uses, along with a cable to hold his AirPods in place. I would like to know what the name of the case is, just to read about it and see if it fits my needs. Well, if people send in uh, links and things, I'll gladly do it. One of the challenges I have, Denise, is that the uh, Mosin Explosion and the Mosin at Large podcast are produced with the very small amount of free time I have. And so by the time I go through the show and edit it down and turn it into podcast form, that takes me another two or three hours. So probably the answer is no, unless it's right in my lap. So people might like to consider that when they're recommending product. Is if, if people send me links, I'll gladly paste them in. But you can always hit rewind and hear the name again. And usually Google's quite tolerant of typing in slight mispronunciations or misspellings. Finally, she says, I think you are no longer a traditional Braille with a capital B again. Good for you, Denise. You're... you're yeah. <clears throat> Braille notes taker user as such. I think I heard you say in one of your episodes that you use a display for everything with your phone. You're obviously comfortable with this method. I sometimes use a display just to look at content, a phone number or a spelling on my phone, but I am not sure about just using it to read a speech or something like that in public. So how do you maintain control of the content using a braille display with an iPhone to do a speech, for example? The one advantage the traditional note taker has still is the ability to open and read a document and not be faced with other controls on a page, such as the library or other audio controls in Voice Dream Reader. And the device just moves to the next page without you having to tell it to turn to the next page. Thanks for reading. Well, thank you for sending, Denise, and thank you for capitalizing Braille. This is something that I think Banner, the Braille Authority of North America, has decreed, and I strongly disagree with it. And there's a blog post that I wrote about this, and I will link to that in the show notes. Yes, I have used Braille on my phone to read speeches, and I do give quite a few speeches in public a lot. I've used it exclusively for the last few years. And just yesterday, I was actually at the Blind Citizens New Zealand Conference in my capacity as Chief Executive of Workbridge, and I gave a 30-minute address, all read from the iPhone. I typically use Voice Dream Reader for this. Sure, there are other controls on the screen, but when you give focus to the little part of Voice Dream Reader where the content is, and then you scroll through, and you've got the automatic panning feature turned on, automatic page turning, I think it's called, in Braille settings, then you can just scroll away infinitely from the beginning of your document to the end of your document. So it's absolutely the same as reading a speech with your dedicated 
note taker. And I use that all the time. Load stuff into Voice Dream Reader. It's so good because you can write on any number of applications, either on your phone or your PC. Voice Dream Reader will import from the Files app. It'll import from Dropbox. It'll import from OneDrive. So it's really easy to get content into Voice Dream Reader. And then you just read. For my particular brow reading style, I have really benefited very much from the customization of the Braille commands in iOS that was introduced a version or two ago, a couple of versions ago now, because I reverse my Braille panning buttons, my thumb controls on the front of my Focus 40, which I read with, my Focus 40 Blue, and that really speeds me up. So I'm doing this all the time. This does seem like an opportune time to mention that I have also been playing with an app that's recommended to me. Now, to give credit where it's due, I believe the first time I may have become aware of this app was from the highly verbose, but nonetheless, grudgingly, admittedly interesting, Michael Fair, who I believe told me about this a while ago. So I I do believe it's important to give that credit. But he didn't sell it very well to me because he focused on markdown and things. And I've been working with... Wizzy wig, what you see is what you get, editors for a long time. And I just thought, oh, my word. It's like going back to the days of Braille edit on the Apple IIe with the dollar, dollar C. And the <laughs> I didn't want to do that. But I have been increasingly interested in making my iPhone more of a content creation device. This is particularly the case with iOS 13. And again, you know, my feeling about Apple products is I hope balanced and nuanced because while there are some real problems, some of the additional commands in there for content review and content creation are just what the doctor ordered. Very, very good innovations. So it's got me thinking. And of course, iPadOS with all the split view stuff, uh, it's really got me thinking about the viability of Apple devices, iOS and iPadOS devices for content creation again. And I like Microsoft Word, but what I don't like about Microsoft Word is that each page of a Word document is its own distinct edit field. And what I like to do is just load a a complete document, scroll from top to bottom in one edit field, search within that edit field, It's just a little bit cumbersome to work with Word. It's just a slightly suboptimal interface. And then I got to talking about this with people on Twitter. Sometimes Twitter can actually be useful. And we got a little bit of a group conversation going. And uh, Marco in English tweeted in, which I'm pleased about because his English is thousands of times better than my very minimal German, Ich verstehe nur ein bisschen Deutsch. Und nicht sehr gut. But yeah, nun ein bisschen. So I appreciate that Marco is in English. This is Marco Zahi, who's made a great contribution to blindness technology. And he writes some interesting blogs. I don't necessarily agree with all of the things he says, but fine, you know, when you can still respect people and appreciate all they've contributed and have a difference of view on specific issues. It's a shame there's not a lot more of that personally. So, yeah, Marco's done a a wonderful job with uh, various things he's delved into over the years. And Marco was telling me about this app, 
which he sold to me in a slightly, sorry, Mike, but he sold it to me in a slightly more compelling way. He was telling me that he uses this app, which is called Ulysses, to create content on his iPad specifically. He takes an iPad with him. Sometimes he's working on two documents at a time or even multiple documents. And he finds that uh, working with that and a Bluetooth keyboard, it's a really good experience. Some of the iPad OS functions mean you can be a lot more productive than just using it on your phone because of all of the split view stuff. So for him, he takes his iPad with him, sometimes on the go, leaves his laptop behind. He can write with Ulysses. Of course, it's got excellent WordPress functions. So what makes this app so potentially good? Well, first, they really have thought about voiceover support. You can actually read in Braille continuously from the top of a document to a bottom to the bottom of it. So I really do like that. It is full of keyboard shortcuts. And one of the most extraordinary things is the way they take you through using this, getting familiar with it. The documentation for Ulysses is stunning in terms of its breadth and the variety that's available. They have information built into the app, so you can go through the introduction. You can use Markdown. It's pretty sort of straightforward, really, to use that. What's also good about Ulysses is that I do have to work a lot with Word. It's essential to me that any app I use speaks Microsoft Word in both directions. So I looked at using Voice Dream Writer over the years because I love what Winston does and I I like the products he makes. But the big showstopper for me is while you can export to Microsoft Word, you can't get a Word document in to Voice Dream Writer. Similarly, it looks like IA Writer is in the same predicament. You can export to Word, but on the iOS version of IA Writer, it doesn't look like you can import. With Ulysses, you can export and you can import. With Word, you can also create EPUB, PDF, you can publish to WordPress and Medium, and it's a really cool environment. Not only do they have the documentation built in, but they also have an email course that you can subscribe to. And the way Ulysses works is that you, it's a little bit like Scrivener, or is it Scrivener? I don't, I've never heard any real person pronounce that. Uh, but the way it works is that you uh, create um, projects or groups, and then within those groups you have sheets. And so you can organize things as much as you want. If I was writing iOS whatever without the I, I think I would make a chapter in each sheet, and then you can merge them all together. So there's a lot of ways that you can structure your books. And it's absolutely superb. The only caveat, and it's a very big one, is there is a nasty bug for people working with it seriously. Marco, in English, I'm pleased to add, he's still in English. Thank you, Marco. He has not experienced this. And the only thing I can conclude from that, and I haven't had a chance to check, is that it may only be affecting iOS and for some reason not iPadOS. Or maybe he just uses things in a different way. But for me, this is an absolute showstopper, unfortunately. And it is this. Whenever you copy material to the clipboard in Ulysses, or actually in official Apple lingo, it's the pasteboard, and then you paste it somewhere else in Ulysses, or even in my experience, it also happens if you copy material, say, from Safari, because uh, you're doing some research, and then you paste it into a Ulysses document, it gets so sluggish with voiceover that 
it's really just horrible to use. This is the only app where I've seen this, so it's something Ulysses specific. And I got so enthusiastic about this app that I have actually spent quite some time trying to troubleshoot it and seeing if I can stop it. I've changed themes. I've turned off various smart features. I've, you know, uninstalled the app and installed it again. Sometimes that fixes it briefly. Other times it doesn't. And usually within a few hours, if you if you leave the app alone, for some reason it comes right again for a while until you copy the next thing to the clipboard. So for somebody who does a lot of pretty complex writing, that's a deal breaker and also they do charge a subscription fee so you have to commit to either a monthly or a yearly subscription to use this thing scrivener or scrivener doesn't have this problem but i just can't warm to it in the same way it's quite similar to ulysses in the way that they structure things but it doesn't grab me in the same way as ulysses does so i have submitted extensive data to the people who make Ulysses to let them know that this is an issue. And I and they, they, they're making noises. You know, they tell me on Twitter their developers are looking into it. And to be fair to them, I'm sure they're quite a smallish company and they have just released quite a major new build of the app to accommodate iOS 13's new features. So I can understand they might be quite swamped at the moment. I hope so much that they will get this bug sorted because war it's a wonderful app it's such a wonderful app that if they could get this sorted i would seriously consider trialing taking my ipad pro to work instead of my laptop for a couple of weeks and just seeing how i get on working with the ipad as my primary device there will be some times when i would need to collaborate on certain documents so i don't know how that will work in practicality it's not something i've played with in word for ios because the jaws support for uh, word for windows is just so outstanding but i'm so excited that marco recommended this app it's old news for him uh, it's 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 brilliant and if they can just fix this voiceover bug i tell you it's right up there with, say, Voice Dream and Larry and some of those apps as a absolute game changer in terms of the way you use the device. So you can try Ulysses for a 14-day trial. You subscribe and then you can give it a go for 14 days. If you cancel before the 14-day free trial is up, you don't get charged. But you might want to hold off. Mike has also confirmed that he's seeing this on an iPhone as well. So it's not just me. And if they can fix it, then I will do a full demo of this app. I will do a full demo and, and show people how it works because it's it's awesome. There's just something about the way it's structured, the, the way it's documented, that's got me really thrilled about its potential. So I've got everything crossed that they can get to the bottom of what's going on with voiceover. Sarah Hillis says, the only hesitation I have about capitalizing the word Braille, which she's written in lower case, shame on you, is the annoying confusion that other people have about Braille being another language. So many people say things like, oh, look, the text is in both Braille and English. Still, it is a proper name. But do you seriously think 
that capitalizing or not capitalizing makes any difference to what people perceive Braille to be. Jonathan says, John McCann, I find your take on the capitalization of the word Braille, which he is capitalizing, good for you, interesting. When referring to Lewis Braille, of course, or Louis Braille, capitalization is appropriate. But when referring generally to the tactile system of literacy for blind persons, Braille with a lowercase b is not referred to a person as such, or at best, only referred to a person derivative. Anyway, apparently Banner have ruled on the matter, so to speak. Well, Banner's entitled to their opinion. I'm very pleased to say that we had this discussion at Freedom Scientific, and eventually we went back to capitalizing Braille in all cases, and long may that continue over there. I don't understand the logic behind this argument at all, because if you look at Morse code, no one considers that to be a language, but Morse is always capitalized. I think it is incredibly disrespectful of the individual who gave us so much, who gave us our system of literacy, without whose ingenuity, who knows where we would be to not capitalize the name and recognize that this is a system that he not only invented, but was ridiculed for, suffered for. And I think that Braille deserves a capital B. I don't think it makes any difference whatsoever whether people think Braille is a language or not based on whether the B is capitalized or not. If it's okay for Samuel Morse to be recognized with Morse code, with a capital M, what rights do these people have to disrespect the legacy of Louis Braille by not capitalizing it? I actually think it is offensive, and I won't do it. I will always capitalize Braille in any way that I use it. Mosin at Large Podcast! Here's Robin Christofferson again. It's Robin Christofferson, and I don't have, I don't have any audio from him this week. So I'll just have to read it myself. He's talking about Amazon's deluge, deluge of announcements. He says, another great show last week. That was the week before, of course. So thanks for that. For info, he says, Robin, I'm happy to report that my comments about being separated from my AirPods while out and about were purely hypothetical. That's good to know, Robin. They're expensive items. And it's nice to have the feeling that they're safely attached to one's person. Again, from personal experience only, I feel very fortunate in that the UK really is an overwhelmingly safe place. I do know that others' experiences may differ greatly, though. On a more technical note, says Robin, I'd love to get your take on all the new hardware and services announced at this week's Amazon event, which, of course, it was the week before because we weren't talking technology last week or doing a podcast last week. I think they're on fire. Oh, that's a good pun, Robin. <laughs> Get it? Amazon on fire. <laughs> they're on fire at the moment. Oh, and then he says, excuse the pun in brackets. Uh, and uh, love the sheer enthusiasm with which they create and almost always inclusive products. I'm going to get me 
some of those groovy glasses at the very earliest opportunity and look forward to a time when they might include a camera too. Thank you very much, Robin. And, uh, you know, I'm interested in your take as well because you're the man, aren't you, I mean, in terms of uh, talking about all these uh, Amazon products. So I, I did make some notes about this when it all came up in the tech press. And the first thing I thought that was frustrating was, yes, Amazon kind of reminds me of when Apple were really innovating in the hardware space. You know, I think it's I'm not I'm not overly worried about this. There's eclipse squeaking away while I'm trying to have a very serious conversation. I'm not overly worried about where Apple's at at the moment because I think they're dealing with a mature product category. The voice assistant market's kind of still maturing. So I think it is inevitable that we will see quite a bit more innovation. One of the challenges that Amazon has is that they are not built in to either of the big smartphone platforms. Of course, it is possible to make Alexa your uh, virtual assistant on Android, and that's a big advantage that Android has is the openness, and Apple, I think, may face some legal challenges in that regard. But Amazon really want to be with you everywhere, you know, and that's what this presentation that they did was all about. Amazon does not stream its events live, and I found that very frustrating. This is 2019, and I actually got up forgetting that I had exactly this experience last year with the last Amazon event. I searched around. I was looking on the tube, on the YouTube and everything, trying to find out where are they live streaming their event, and they just don't do it. Isn't that bizarre? But uh, there's a lot of new stuff. Robin was talking about the glasses, which are a competitor to the Bose frames. And that's, again, all about taking Alexa with you. They'll connect to your smartphone, but you'll be able to talk to Alexa through the glasses. They've got apparently quite nice speakers in them, but they do not have a camera. So like the Bose frames, you wouldn't be able to use it for the visual elements of, say, Ira or something like that. There's an Echo Dot with a clock out at the moment that is a visual thing, but it's something that you can see a lot of sighted people might put by the bed there, little LCD, and it displays the time. If you have timers set, it will show you those, alarms and the temperature as well. And it's just $59 in the United States. There's a thing called the Echo Loop, and this interests me. It's a ring. My precious, my precious, it's the Echo Loop. Just a little ring that you wear. It pairs with your phone. And it prompts you through haptic vibrations. It's got a little speaker, so you can have your Alexa voice chatting away through the ring. That will certainly have novelty value, wearing that ring. And they're kind of pitching this in a space that says, we know this isn't quite ready for prime time. Some of these products like the ring, the the glasses, the more innovative ones, are going to be available on invitation only. And they're going to put a few out there and just see what comes back so we already talked about the echo frames those frames have two microphones so you can talk to your soup drinker discreetly echo buds as well yeah everybody's getting into the earbud space because we heard this week that you can get the surface buds which apparently will also do real-time transcription for powerpoint so that's pretty neat real-time transcription for powerpoint with the echo buds but with the with the surface buds but the echo buds 
they have Bose's smart noise isolation technology. You get five hours of continuous battery life. And there's a case. And when you have the case with you, there's 20 hours there with the new Echo Buds. Hey, bud. And you can talk to your device there. Uh, there's the um, Alexa Smart Oven, and that succeeds last year's microwave, which adds conviction cooking. So that's good. One thing about Amazon is they've got conviction. They develop products with conviction. There's Echo Flex. That is the smallest soup drink device. You plug it into a wall outlet. So you just you, the idea is they want Alexa to be ubiquitous. Everywhere in your house, you can just have this little thing plugged into your wall outlet. You'll have a, another plug in that so you don't lose any wall outlets by doing it. And you can just yell at Alexa wherever you are. And it's got the, got the little speaker in there. Uh, there are new Eero routers that have the soup drinker built in as well. Uh, you can give voice commands to uh, pause the Wi-Fi to certain devices. <laughs> soup drinker! Turn off the kids' internet at once. There's the Echo Glow. This is a smart lamp for kids, and it's only $29, and it's got the soup drinker built in. And then, of course, there's the Echo Studio. It's $199. This is going to have Sonos potentially shaking in their boots. You've got 3D audio, Dolby Atmos, although, as Brian Gaff pointed out to me in an email, let's get real about what Dolby Atmos can really do on a device like this. And uh, it sounds like the speakers are really good in it. So I'm looking forward to hearing that. There's a third generation uh, Echo speaker, which has better sound at both ends. There will also be new voices for the jolly old soup drinker coming. You'll be able to delete your voice commands more easily so that Amazon doesn't have as long a history of what you uh, have said. So you can say, delete everything I've said. It was a big reveal, wasn't it? A lot there. And uh, it's nice to see. Yeah, Robin's right. Amazon is on fire. Mosin at Large Podcast. Bonnie Mosin. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to you. Hello. What is your stance on the capitalization of Braille? I think the way you compared it to Samuel Morse is is a good thing to to do. You know, they that it is is his cap his Morse code is capitalized, so I think it's the same type of thing. Here's John McCann. He says, "Well, at least I'm consistent. I've been an amateur radio operator for 50 years and have never capitalized the word Morse in Morse mm. code without ever intending any disrespect by such omission." I used to think. I don't think the characterization of Braille as a language. Oh no, he's gone into another tweet. Uh-huh. Has much, if anything, if any, bearing on the argument. Taking this a bit further, what about when Braille is used as an adjective, as in Braille paper? Then do we capitalize French in French fries? They do capitalize French in French yes, fries. Yes, and they should capitalize Braille in Braille paper. Yeah. There you go. Glad to help, John. I completely agree with you, Jonathan, on capitalizing Braille. This comes in from Jeff Bishop. I have had arguments on this subject with others, and frankly, I think it is very disrespectful not to capitalize the word Braille. I also capitalize Braille, says Rich Ring. I always capitalize it, always have. You have had a lovely device into your life. Yeah. 
I got the new Braille display Friday, the Focus 40 Blue 5th Generation. So, oh, up to the 5th generation yeah, now. Yeah, so that's very exciting. I like it. I'm looking forward to downloading books on it. Um, and it is very nice, the way it's it's built. Um, I think it's a different material than the other one. Is it a different material? Yes, it's much stronger and sturdier, yeah. and I think it looks nicer. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, I think the cost of manufacture is probably uh, a bit higher, but it's it it really shows. And it has a really nice case, Yeah. Um, which I couldn't find originally, and I thought <laughs> I'd been cheap. I'm like, where the heck did they put it? And I just kept going. You know how they really compartmentalize things in those boxes so i did find it and then i was happy i'm like okay i knew that it'd be a bit weird to leave the case out but whatever it's like well okay before i call the dealer i better make sure that it actually and it was kind of <laughs> smooshed up against the side but yeah um reading the get started the quick get start manual mm-hmm. and um i used the scratch pad a little bit and that's Kind of the nice thing about it is it has a very kind of, um, I want to say primitive. Cause oh, it is it is pretty basic. Yeah, basic, maybe basic more than primitive. Note taker in it, which is, which is nice, which would be good to take some notes. Um, especially for me and my work because my laptop is the size of a house. And, you know, just lugging that thing around would be a lot easier just to use the focus for the mm. kind of notes I wanted to. Can you name the notes? Yes, you can you, you can save them and give uh, when you when you press anything. the right uh, shift key with S, it comes up with a save yeah. prompt and you can give it a name and cool. all those good things. And I use it quite a bit. I might have, say, a meeting for an agenda in Voice Dream Reader, and I read the agenda. And then sometimes I might just need to take some notes, so mm-hmm. I flip over to the little scratch pad on the focus and I make those notes. Although I have to say, if we can get Ulysses sorted out, yeah. then yeah. Then that will be. I haven't had a lot of time to play with Ulysses yet. Right. Just so uh, hoping to do that whenever I get well. Now, you also have been making some procurements with the soup drinker. Yeah. I got <laughs> something called Box of Cats. This is what I do on How a how did how did this come about? Oh, one day well, one day the Amazon X, X barked for some reason. I don't even know why. I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone about Bard, and it, Amazon thought I told it to bark, so it did. So then, is there a bad thing for the soup yes, drinker? Yes, for dogs. And so, oh no, uh, no, is there a bad thing? No, but I said Bard, and Amazon thought I told it to bark. Oh, right, right. So it barked. That would be interesting if you could, if yeah. Americans could read their bad books. So. It, on the soup drink. It started barking, and I'm like, what the heck? And then I told it to bark, and it did again. And then I told it to meow, and it meowed, and it said mm. there's more meows to get. And then, so Friday night, this is what you do on Friday night. I was sitting on the floor with the clips, and I was telling it to make animal noises. And so it, I got it to meow, and she'd perk her ears up and look at the thing, like, where's the cat? And then it said... For unlimited caterwauling by Box of Cats. So I bought Box of Cats for 80 cents. Man, I always wondered what people would do when Amazon introduced the ability to pay for soup drinker skills. And then it said you could get the purr pack to hear cats happily purring. So I got that as well. Okay, so if I switch to your account, Mm -hmm. soup drinker. 
switch accounts. Now in Bonnie's account. Okay, so what do I do? I tell it to open... Enable box of cats, right. I think. Well, I think we enabled it, so it'll be open. Yeah, yeah so, so open it doesn't really matter. Cats. Soup drinker, open box of cats. Oh, my word. Keep meowing. Okay, letting all the cats out of the box. Oh, my word. You'd think they could at least put it in stereo. I should pan it. Um, oh, my word, that's awful. They sound mean, those cats. <laughs> There's definitely a Siamese in there. Uh, how do I make it purr? Say enable purr pack. Okay. Uh, soup drinker. Enable pearl per pack. Hmm. I found a few skills oh, that might no. help. Did you mean no. pill me? No. I missed it up. Oh. Hmm. I also found okay. pack. Soup drinker. Do you want that one? Open box of cats. Wow. 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 Soup drinker. Enable per pack. Good news. You already have per pack. To hear a happily purring cat, just say purr. Oh, okay. Purr. <coughs> there we go. Oh, that's quite soothing. That, that's quite, that is quite soothing. I like purring cats. Yeah. Stop. It, it it made its little beep at me, so I guess it only purrs for a short period. Mm. Well, then that's great. I wonder what I wonder what other premium skills you can buy other than blooming meowing, cats. <laughs> meowing cats and all this sort of malarkey. They don't have a barking dog one. I guess a dog barking constantly is a bit annoying. Right. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you discovered this. Yeah, it was just. And discovered it accidentally, and then there's an app. I sort of knew about the app, but I'm like, okay. Or I sort of knew about the skill, and then so Friday night when I was making it, make all kinds of... And they need like a zoo app, you know, that just makes animal sounds, like a safari app. Siri has all the stuff built in, I think. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, but Some of the animal sounds, like, it won't whinny, but some of the animal sounds are a bit questionable. You hacked... Your toy farm, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Your dad didn't appreciate you hacking no. you. How did you do that? Just You just pulled the, the string and then you just pulled it partway and say a cow says and then you'd pull it again and another animal would make a noise. So we now have the glossy box. Heidi and Henry have picked it up and uh, today, after all this show malarkey is done, people are coming over. Family are coming over from hither yeah. and yon and we're all going to get together and position ourselves in just the right place and listen to the Dolby 5.1 surround mix of Abbey Road. We still haven't found a way other than throwing thousands of, which I'm not going to do, at the problem of listening to the Atmos yeah. mix. I guess I could listen on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's got Dolby Atmos. <laughs> what do you think of the new Abbey Road mixes? It's nice. I like it. It'll mm. be good to hear it today on the, the Dolby the five point one surround sound. Yeah, it yeah. really well. I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to the medley. Uh, yeah, that's good. I enjoyed hearing it last week. What did you think of the old, you know, the original medley with Her Majesty placed in the middle? I think I like it at the end. 
Yeah, it kind of it makes it work better. It, it, or it jarred, but of course the question is: when you hear that, is is it jarring because it's not what we're used to, or because it never really worked? Um, it's not. It wasn't jarring to me. John McCann says, "Funny Bonnie, or oh, Funny Bonnie, Funny Bonnie should have just mentioned Soup Drinker and Barking before her comment." I asked Soup Drinker to bark. She invoked a skill called Jurassic Bark. <laughs> what the heck is that? We'll find out, shall we? Mm-hmm. Soup drinker, enable Jurassic Bark. Okay, here's Jurassic Bark. Oh, that'll get all them guide dogs going. It's Do you just... want to rate Jurassic Bark? Dogs. No. <laughs> Well, that was really exciting. It was just, just back, just sort of yapped, really. I'd describe that as yapping. Yeah, there was one that yapped because the first one it barked, and my friend's like, "Is that Eclipse?" I'm like, "No, I don't. I don't know why the Amazon just barked." So. Do 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 the guide dogs generally know that these are fictitious backing machines, or do they respond to the backing? They now with the cat, she definitely perked her ears up. Mm. And now she's just kind of like, whatever, that's not really a cat in here. So, um, and the dog, she perked her ears up, but she didn't respond to it. She just heard it. When we do the Christmas countdown, we get all these responses from the people. Jingle bell yeah, for, the jingle bells. Yeah, yeah the, the, the singing dogs. Yeah. There's a singing cats, too. I like Cats, the musical. Yeah. And, oh, my goodness. I think that was one time when I caused Amanda to wish that she could just fall through the floor like there would be something that would just open up and swallow her mm-hmm. because we went to see cats in the west end of london this was our big overseas trip when we were very young and i had heard the musical cats before we were sitting there in this crowded west end theater you know and and it opens up with a little overture thing and then the first line is are you blind when you're born? And there's actually a gap. There's a, like a, a couple of <laughs> bars of rest. Uh-huh. So it goes, are you blind when you're born? And I go, yes, at the top of my voice, in the middle of the little little oh, gap dear. there. Oh, oh my dear. word! You just can't take some people <laughs> anywhere. Jonathan Mosen, Mosen at Large Podcast. Here is Bob Lyons, who was in West Virginia. Almost heaven. And he says, hi, Jonathan. Hi, Bob. I have not yet installed iOS 13, so most of the bugs have been ironed out. But I've heard several people talking about a problem that causes a rapid rundown of the battery. Do you have any info on this problem? I don't, Bob, but invariably, with every version of iOS that is out, there are people who have issues with battery drain. And that does make a case sometimes every few years for setting your iPhone up as new. And I I can't remember when I last did this, maybe three or four years ago. Every so often I will do it when I feel like I've got the time to do it. Just install all the apps from scratch and set it all up. And it's amazing what little glitches that seems to iron out over time. But hopefully that is something that will be addressed. Where I am seeing it is on my Apple Watch. And I'd be interested to know if others are seeing this too. I've still got the Watch Series 3 because we don't have any carriers in New Zealand that are offering the cellular Apple Watch because they're not quite ready with the eSIM thing. So I'm waiting for that before I 
make the jump to a Series 5. But I have seen, so it's the same watch and all that, but I have seen battery life go way down after the installation of watchOS 6. And there are articles that I've seen where others are experiencing that as well. So hopefully that will be addressed. Hello, Jonathan. I want to tell you and the listeners that today, for a certain reason, I decided to restart my iPhone SX Max. Um, It was talking properly Mm -hmm. uh, before I restarted it. And when it started, it actually started without any voice feedback. But Mm. luckily... I had a braille display, of course, and uh, I tried uh, exiting voiceover, restarting voiceover, and no voice. It ended up, um, I tried actually the, this mute, unmute, uh, is a speech on, speech off mm. that you spoke about, and... Uh, uh, it didn't help either. Uh, I went into App Store and I wanted to look at my account and suddenly, without any um, uh, action that I did, while I was logged in, the voice feedback came back. Hooray! This is my experience. I wasn't making any call on the phone. I just turned it off and turned it on again. And it went like I told you. Greetings to everybody from Sweden. Hooray! I'd like to visit Sweden. Can you organize a speaking gig or something for me in Sweden? That'd be nice. I've always wanted to go to Sweden. It seems like a lovely place. Very civilized. Um, I've not seen this one, but <laughs> at the moment there are some pretty critical bugs. They they could possibly be all related because they have quite similar symptoms, don't they? So I've not seen it, but I'm sure that's frustrating. And it's fortunate that you had the Braille so that you know what's going on. So maybe others have had uh, similar experiences and can comment on that. Hello, Jonathan. It's Grace here again. Hello again. I'll tell you why I'm phoning. I came across a skill the other evening, and it's called Audible Clock. <laughs> and it's got different kinds of clocks. She she gives you um, examples of what clocks she has. And <laughs> there's, there's a Donald Trump clock. <laughs> there's a chiming clock. There's a Westminster clock. But she's got... Uh, quite a few of the clocks on it. I like the Westminster one. That's quite good. So, so I just thought I would mention it to you. Maybe maybe you'll have it on your soup drinker, you know? Oh. You never know. All right, so let's see. Soup drinker. Enable audible clock. Okay, oh. here's audible clock. Oh. Audible clock turns Alexa into a fun clock that tells you the time by chiming, speaking, playing a tune, or even singing. To start an audible clock, just tell me the name of the clock you want to use. Say something like, bim-bam clock, guitar clock, or say, what clocks do you have? 
What would you like? Donald Trump clock. Would you like Trump clock to chime every quarter hour, half hour, or hour? Quarter hour. Okay, starting Trump clock. Bing bong, bing bong. Nobody tells the time like Donald Trump. The first chime is due to sound in about fourteen minutes. Oh my word! I hope I can stop this thing. All right, well we'll we'll wait. We'll wait with with beaded broth. That's what we'll do. Beaded broth. John Gallagher. He says, "I wonder whether you will be updating the very well produced Sonos book." I have two Play One speakers downstairs as a stereo pair. I have just subscribed, or should I say upgraded, to the Amazon Music HD. But of course, with the Sonos, I cannot tell hardly any difference. I'm sure Sonos only lets you play up to CD quality. I do wonder if ever they will make this better with high quality. It is always a great listen. Thank you, John. I do hope to get to updating the Sonos book. I said I would when they finally came out with Google Assistant, and I'd like to be able to get back to it. It's just really difficult right now. So maybe I, when I'm on holiday, maybe I'll do something stupid like write a book. I shouldn't, but you just never know. And I think it would be fair to say that with a couple of Play Ones, you would have some difficulty maybe hearing the high-res, with things like the Play 5s or the uh, surround sound type system, I think you would hear quite a difference because I do believe that it goes beyond 44.16. So you might just have to invest in a bit more grunty Sonos gear, John. Here is Mike who says, Jonathan and Bonnie, I also enjoy Julia Whelan reading books. A Nora Roberts title that Whelan reads, and I think is especially good, is The Witness. Hmm. Its protagonist is a genius like Jonathan. <laughs> ah, I didn't read this in advance. <laughs> that uh, much deal with extreme circumstances. Her methods of dealing with the training and education she has makes this an extremely good read. That's Mike Taylor. He is in Fleming Island in Florida. More email from Andy Collins. Hello, Andy. He says, hi, Jonathan. I was interested to hear that your chosen book on last week's podcast was The Power of Now. It has been a very influential and inspiring book for me also. However, my choice would be his later book, A New Earth. It sort of continues the themes from The Power of Now and develops them at a deeper level. I've read both these books four or five times, and I know I haven't done with them yet. Thanks for all the work you do on behalf of our community. Oh, thank you, Andy. That's Andy Collins. And I agree with you, Andy. I mentioned The Power of Now because I read it first, and it kind of got me on a very different path and and mindset in life, and I have so much to thank that book for. But I do agree with you that if somebody is starting their Eckhart Tolle journey, A New Earth is the book to read. He's just had time to distill his thoughts a bit, to perhaps have a lot of questions answered over the years, and it's distilled in a more accessible kind of way. So, yeah, for people who are interested in this, I would also recommend 
A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle to read first rather than The Power of Now. Mosin at Large Podcast. We are 15, 14, 13. Twice sounds like the new year. We're getting ready to hear the Donald Trump clock from this audible clock skill. Five, four, three, two, one. It didn't go off. I guess I guess the soup drinker might be slightly it didn't go off. Why didn't it go off? I I I Soup drinker? What time is it? The time is ten AM. Yeah. Why didn't Have it... a great weekend. No, thanks, I appreciate that. But why didn't it go off? I feel I feel deprived of my I wonder whether you have to stay in the skill, do you? I don't know. Do you have to keep the skill open? I guess you might have to just keep, sit there with the skill open. And did I talk to it about something else? Well, we'll have to try it again at 10.15. So. Bing, bing, bong. Bong, bing, bing, bong. Bing, bong, bing, bong. Bong, bing, bing, bong. Trump. Trump, 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 Trump. There you go. That's 10 because it's 10 o'clock New Zealand time. So it did work. It was just a little late. Now let me see if I can get out of it. Soup drinker. Open Audible Clock. Welcome back to Audible Clock. Please note. An audible clock will stop if you ask your Alexa device to play a song, playlist, radio station, or podcast. If that happens, just relaunch this skill to get things ticking again. To start an audible clock, simply tell me the name of the clock you want to use. Say something like, train clock, bird song, or say, what clocks do you have? Now, tell me, what would you like? Stop my audible clock. I'm sorry. I didn't understand what you just said. Okay, well, to start an audible clock. I'll just say soup drinker. The name of the clock. Stop. Okay. To see a complete list of audible clocks or to leave us feedback, please visit www.audibleclock.com. Can you imagine how doomed one would be if one was just completely required to hear the Trump clock for the rest of your life? So, soup drinker, play Mushroom FM on TuneIn. Mushroom FM from Bonnie's TuneIn. Oh, we're in Bonnie's account. Oh, oh, oh. Up. Okay. To see a complete list of audible Soup drinker. Stop. Soup drinker. Switch accounts. Now in Jonathan's account. Here's Kathy Blackburn. And she says, I have a question about the TV programs Apple will begin offering in November. I understand this is a subscription service. We don't have an Apple TV. There's a TV app on my iPhone that's used for watching movies from iTunes. Will that app work for watching content from Apple TV Plus, asks Kathy. Kathy, yes, it will. And what's more, if you have treated yourself to a new iThing since the... Apple Keynote from September the 10th, wasn't it, US time? 
you get Apple TV Plus free for a year. If you don't, then when Apple TV Plus opens on the 1st of November, there'll be a place where you can subscribe and there will be a free trial. And if you do have a qualifying device, and I have two, our Apple TV bit the dust. So we got a new Apple TV 4K free from my credit card reward points. So I'm glad I could put them to some practical use. And also, of course, I got the iPhone 11 Pro Max when the chief executive of Mosin Towers very kindly authorized the purchase. <laughs> Thanks. So we have two qualifying devices and we will be able to take advantage of that. Apple knows these things. They know when the devices were activated. And so if you are in that position like us, when Apple TV Plus goes live, there'll simply be a button there that says activate your free trial and it will all just happen. It will be interesting to see how much audio described content there is. Hopefully it will all be audio described and certainly apple's entering into a crowded space but their argument is they're going for quality well-produced entertainment not quantity and i must say there are several things that really do interest me this whole c show is going to be most interesting to see how that pans out and also of course oprah's there as well and in preparation for the arrival of apple tv plus Oprah's Book Club is now embedded into Apple Books. So it's uh, it's all a seamless kind of experience there. And that wraps up episode six of the Mosin at Large podcast. That contact information again, jonathan at mushroomfm.com for the email or attach an audio clip there and call the listener line on 864-606-6736. That's 864-60-MOSIN. See you next week. Mosin at Large.